0: Hi, and welcome to the Saxophone Academy podcast. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace, and on this episode, I chat with my co-host, Dr. Susan Fancher, about overtones and how to get started. We chat about one of my favorite jazz albums of all time, and also press photos, their importance and how to get a good one. And we also dig into the mailbag and answer some of your questions. And if you have a question for the podcast, please do reach out. You can email me, wally, at gatecitysax.com.
1: Sure. I know. So anyway, you learned that the hard way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also learned don't
0: eat uh, Guthrie's chicken fingers from Athens, Georgia, right before a concerto performance. Uh,
1: that's yeah. probably. You know they say leave it all on stage. Oh I, God! I nearly did.
0: <laughs> well, it was my first time. as was a kid. Okay, yeah. don't yeah. do that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Not, a, not on on stage anyway. Good.
1: Okay, but don't eat that before a performance. I It <laughs> so, sounds good though. I, hey, it's Wally. Delicious. It's like it's,
0: yeah, it's like good sax piece. It's July.
1: It's July. Happy July. It's It's hot hot in Greensboro, but that's good because it means that you don't have to go out and do all that gardening and stuff because you can just whine about how it's too hot. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I murdered
0: a bush in my yard and now I'm done for the summer. You're done for the summer. Which means I go inside and I
1: practice. Yeah, I moved a couple, I transplanted a couple of plants this morning in the sun. It took about 10 minutes and I was done. Yeah. North Carolina is a great
0: place, but it does get
1: yeah, July's hot.
0: It is. Yeah, it's even too hot for the bugs though, so that's good. Yeah, think even the mosquitoes yeah, it's are like less uh-uh. buggy? I'm yeah. going to Florida. It looks beautiful
1: here, sitting looking out your window. Oh, it's thanks. gorgeous and green and sunny. Lots of sunshine. It's just you step out and you're like, yeah, whoa, sauna. <laughs>
0: but through the window while I'm practicing, it's great. It looks great. Yeah. yeah, there you go. What you been working on this week?
1: Oh my goodness, what am I working on this week? Huh. Huh. Not much, organizing concert dates for the coming year and nice. stuff like that, answering emails. Yeah, boring, yeah. starting to prepare. I'm going to teach a music appreciation class in the fall.
0: That is exciting. That's I'm one excited. of my favorite things I, in the world. I love,
1: I love classroom teaching. It's like I a do performance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did, you know, the quote unquote baby theory at Duke for a while, and I'm going to do music appreciation over at Wake Forest. I'm excited <sighs> about it. Yeah.
0: Is this your first time teaching music appreciation?
1: I taught a music appreciation class at Madai College in Buffalo, but that was more of a specific content kind of class. And this one, um, it's a different book, so it's the same yeah. title for the class, music appreciation, but it's a different class because it's a different book. We're going to use Listen by Kerman. I'm not
0: familiar with that. Yeah, That's it's not, a, it's a pretty standard but, book. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved I it. it. Yeah. My Great. greatest joy in life was passionately teaching History of Western Classical Music, and then later in the semester, a couple of frat guys came up afterward class. You know, the two cool for school sit in the back. Yeah, of the room. right. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. So I, I went ahead and bought that uh, that uh, the CD you were talking about, the Symphony Fantastique, and yeah, man, it's pretty. And I was like,
1: oh, right. And
0: converting people, it was like you know
1: that's the best. Yeah, I love that. And
0: that was like that was just as much joy to me as anything else in my career was getting. Oh people, yeah.
1: In a lot of ways, it's a lot less frustrating than teaching saxophone lessons because the progress is is, is a slow, yeah. slow, long road, and just to see people get excited about it going is. to a concert, saxophones
0: are insufferable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't. We love you all. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay, most of you. Anyway,
0: speaking of loving our listeners, Good grief. <laughs> we're getting a lot of questions. Uh oh. I will get to all the questions at some point. I will print out, and soon I will listen. We may even maybe have like a mailbag episode. Yeah. Or sounds do like sounds quick, fun. quick fire where we give really we'll bad answers best. very quickly. But yes. uh, we grateful, the <laughs> grateful for the, the, the questions. But Indeed. I just want to let you know what a great audience has. Because a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, I shared something deeply personal. Um, my toilet was making a bad noise <laughs> and, uh, and it was singing and screaming in the night. And I, I asked the listeners, does anyone have any plumbing experience? If anyone knows how to fix this or what it is, let me know.
1: Did people write in?
0: And do you want to guess how many people tried to help Wally? How many? Zero. None of you.
1: Oh, well, that's because most of our listeners are probably saxophone players. Uh, You
0: could have Googled it, (laughs) just like I Google your
1: answers. (laughs) So anybody out there who's not a saxophone player, help Wally. Well, no, I have fixed. I paid a plumber. Fixed, oh, you, well, yeah, duh. yeah. Yeah,
0: I had to, like, my kids can't go to college now, but well, the toilet is fixed. They'll have to get to And I just want to let you know, you know, every week we give you free information. We give you anecdotes. We answer yeah, the your least questions. You can do. And the least you could have done was pay for a plumber or Googled it. But anyway, we still, I still Wally, love you.
1: You could Google it too. I know. Well, it but, sounds like you did the right thing. You got a plumber I in here. It, got yeah, fixed. It okay. was way
0: more than I would have thought. Oh. Yeah, Yeah. but it's good. But I still love the listeners. Oh, yeah. And I guess maybe my expectations were a little off.
1: Well, we're saxophone players, Wally. I know. We're not really good for much else. (laughs) So let's stick to what we're good for.
0: Last week, you talked because the wonderful people at Van Doren, and shout out to your artist, (laughs) Wrangler. Yeah. Who is, what's that?
1: Oh, let's see. David Gould sent me those mouthpieces. Yeah, yeah.
0: The new profile.
1: Yes. Now be nice, Wally. No, no, no. Your impression was AP3 yeah s
0: p three that we talked about last week.
1: yeah, and I'm not switching, but I liked them. yeah, I thought they were they were very responsive and and a little brighter for the people who don't like the the darker or however you right. like whatever adjective you like to use right of the optimum. I love the smooth, silky sound of the optimum I line, know. but you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. So if you don't like it, here's a mouthpiece to try. It's yeah. a little brighter. Has that same great response, and I felt I found it was really well in tune and easy to play in all the ranges and all that. Mm. Yada yada yada.
0: Well, Sue was kind enough to leave the uh, the AP three, the alto piece, with me this week, and I did log about an hour on it. Wow, good. Um, It is not and did not connect with me. It's not a bad mouthpiece for sureties. And a very (laughs) wise woman once told me, Wally, if you want to try a new mouthpiece, you should do a test to see can you get a beautiful sound on low B flat. Yeah. And, and that wise woman was super. I Vancher. know, right? From so, uh,
1: from my teacher Joe Daly. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Back it's, in Chicago. Yeah. That's what he so, said. Well, if you can't play a good low B flat, it's not a good mouthpiece. Period. That's, that's <laughs> a great piece of advice. Well,
0: we're gonna steal it and attribute that to, to, to Susan Vancher now. Okay, fine. Uh Joe Who? I don't know. <laughs> Sue Sue said that. So it, it did. It was beautiful, it was easy to do, it was clear at the end, um, and I was really impressed overall. And then as I played it more, I kept thinking I can't get the same kind of clear aesthetic that I get on my AL three.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: and I really like the AL three. I don't think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, Might not be
1: right, but it's a great <laughs> mouthpiece. Actually, I always
0: go back to a Larry Teal, but that's a, a different story for every oh, time.
1: I've never played. Oh, you got to try so
0: team. many to find a good All one, right. though, and that's oh. the thing, which is why I don't recommend it.
1: Uh, so I have this horrible problem where don't I break it.
0: my primary <laughs> classical piece when I'm not experimenting and being a dork is a Larry Teal. Okay. And, but I've tried a dozen, at least. And it's the only one I really, really, really love.
1: Interesting. Which means I
0: can't recommend it to students. So I recommend it to yeah. my students in AL3. And then I feel bad because I don't want to recommend one that I don't play. So then I try to play it, and it's great. Yeah. The AL3 is just great. So in trying the AP3, the Profile, the new one, I felt it played a lot like the old, not that old, but the A27, A28 ah. Vandoran Classical Pieces, which the French love.
1: Um, Um, and I think
0: it, it, for me, it kind of pushed me towards that. It takes a much more forceful airstream to kind of begin to get focused. And if you don't have a fast focus airstream, I found there's a little bit of, of background Noise? I don't ah, know the right word. Like there's a little bit of an air those, sound.
1: Those other mouthpieces sitting in a drawer yeah. at home. I'll, I'll put this side by side with those again and see. I
0: felt it had a similar yeah. aesthetic of sound, but I would caveat this played much easier. Yeah. The low end response was much easier. Well,
1: that's why I never liked those other ones mm-hmm. for me personally. The low notes, I felt like I had to choose between the high range or the low range. I couldn't I, have it all. And I, I, I want it all. Yeah. <laughs> Is that too much We're to ask? so
0: greedy. And I, <laughs> and I felt the exact same way. Cool. Uh, that the, the AL-3 for me has it all if you like that aesthetic. The right. low end response is easy. The high end yeah. is very good. This one, the high end was a little easier to play louder. Yeah. Without getting too strong. You could yeah. really lead yeah. into it. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I think would be a great one if I played a lot of concertos with band and things like right.
1: that. Right, yeah. Um,
0: so if you enjoy tinnitus and um, <laughs> answering questions and playing with high school. No, I'm kidding. Um, I thought it was a great mouthpiece. It's not my sound aesthetic.
1: But it. If, yeah. if
0: you're more into that that French broader sound, that very colorful yeah. sound, I know right, is a, is a word.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah.
0: And I know you you don't mean that in a negative way. No. It's just, it's, it's a scripture and like,
1: you yeah. know, talking
0: about music is like dancing about architecture. It's not easy to do. Yeah, um, yeah. But I liked it and I appreciated it. It's just not my aesthetic. Well, they're
1: good, good to so, know, yeah.
0: And if you're a beginning student, I really think you just can't go wrong with that AL3.
1: I think so too. You could yeah. buy
0: four, and all four would be great. Um, yeah. And they're just great. Yeah. But if you're a more advanced player looking for something that feels similar to the older, but with better response, I think yeah, um, it's a good mouthpiece. It's
1: worth trying. It is I worth mean, trying, and it looks good. If you love what you're playing on, then you know I'm not really an equipment geek. So if I love yeah. what I'm playing on, I'm not inclined to go searching for something new. But if you you know if you're playing on something and you don't love, it then try everything. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a shot. Well, maybe not every. Well, not everything. But
0: not you know, everything. <laughs> There's some brands well, that w- we remain nameless. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want to get sued, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I might, maybe like sued is in not Sue Fancher. No, but <laughs> like, I don't get bonked in the head by Sue Fancher or litigated. Yeah,
1: yeah. No yeah. lawsuits. Uh, so, yeah. So
0: uh, try it out. It, yeah. If you are in the market for something a little louder, or, absolutely. Yeah, I felt it was not quite as. Uh, I hate using English words to describe sound concepts, yeah. but. It felt more like old-school French to me. Interesting. The, 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 the long, Vincent Davy kind of broader, colorful sound.
1: Which is not a bad sound. No,
0: but it still played easier than the A27, A28, yeah. which those guys loved. So, yeah,
1: I mean, and when I got done playing on it, I'm like, wow, that's a really good mouthpiece. And then I went back to my normal mouthpiece and was like, oh, this is me. Yeah. That's ex- <laughs> so that that was my experience. Exactly but, how you know, I felt. That's because I'm super happy with what, what I'm playing on. I used to play on those Seastar mouthpieces for mm-hmm. a long time. And Van Dorn would send me mouthpieces and I try them and say, hmm, no. And then they sent me that optimum line. Yep. This was, you know, a decade ago or so. And wow. I mean, once I switched, I'm like, "Wow, well, this is just great. But I don't like to switch stuff very often. I agree. <laughs> and
0: I still feel that if you can't get a good sound on an AL-3, switching mouthpieces isn't going to help. And to a different I, AL-3. Yeah. Oh, no. or, or any yeah. other mouthpiece. If oh, you're I having see. trouble getting a good sound concept or response oh, on the AL-3. yeah. You're probably not playing be... right. Same yeah, thing with I if gotcha. you have uh, um, an A7, A6 Vendoren jazz mouthpiece, the V-16. Yeah. Or you have a good Meyer and you can't yeah. get a good sound. It's not the
1: mouthpiece. Yeah, because they're real standard. They are. And if assuming there's something wrong, yeah.
0: you don't start mouthpiece hunting until you get a great sound on your current one.
1: Yeah, that's good um, advice. Yeah, if you're playing on a good brand. Yeah.
0: So let's give some bad advice. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah, That was <laughs> way too normal and modern for me. <laughs> so new more equipment will be coming in. And I have a couple other Always. cool things that should be coming in relatively soon that I'm excited about. Awesome. If, if people ever send them. um, <laughs> In the studio.
1: In the studio. You've
0: been practicing. I've been practicing. Yeah. And I'm going to be getting a lot of questions on the YouTube channel, email, and just bumping into people on the street. You know what I mean? You're <laughs> trying to buy a hot dog from a hot dog vendor, <laughs> and then someone will walk up and they're like, hey, are you Wally Wallace? And like, of course I am. Right. Who else would I be? Right. Like, hey, good to meet you. I'm Joe. I'm an accountant. Tell me about overtones. I can't get overtones out.
1: <laughs> yeah, this keeps happening to me. I'm in the grocery store, yeah. you know, in the milk aisle. And yeah, right. Yeah, no. over, the, over the, <laughs> Hey, over are the, you Wally Wallace? I'm like, no, I'm not Wally <laughs> Wallace. <Okay. laughs> no, you must be Savanter. and, yeah. you know, tell me about overtones. No, that doesn't right. happen actually at all. <laughs> I think because in the forums
0: and on, um, I think overtones are the new long tones. They're, they're oh, hip. They're okay. the, the orange was the new black. Right. And overtones are the new <laughs> long tones, though less of a prison theme. Um, it's you know, there's a lot of videos on YouTube and a lot of people declaring you gotta yeah. do the overtones.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people are using overtones for all kinds of pedagogical reasons all kinds of things. now. It I wasn't hope- as big a deal when when I was coming up through school. Maybe right. it was the kind of teachers I had or just hadn't people hadn't realized the benefit of them or something like that. It's funny, I was talking with Mark this morning about Overtones. We actually were. Yeah, we're. You making breakfast? Uh, we were out for a walk, buttering the <laughs> croissant, like yeah, taking you know the dog for a walk. And I'm like, so we're gonna. Wally and I are gonna talk about overtones today on the podcast. He's like, oh, I never did them. Yeah,
0: he's not alone.
1: I said, well, how did you learn altissimo? He's like, huh. Well, Took a fingering chart and started yep. playing altissimo. I'm like, oh, well, well, that's how long Dex taught altissimo. Yeah. That's how Hemke taught altissimo. Here's the here's a fingering chart. And, Go. <laughs> but I had I, a teacher I, yeah. who did overtone blowing. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't. Well, it, it makes me wonder because the only reason I wanted to talk about this more specifically is I get a lot of questions and I see a lot of people asking these questions and I'm tired of answering the same thing. You know, being yeah. all, a part of some online saxophone groups, I do my best to try to answer questions to yeah. other people. Then the, the bad thing is because it's. Overly democratic, everyone can answer. So, people like us who have spent our our entire adult lives and teenage lives mastering an instrument, we give an answer. Then, someone who picked up a saxophone last week, no, man, you gotta do this. And they get equal credence, you know, and it's really annoying.
1: Well, and overtones are being used a lot more than they used to be. And there's good reason for that. And you've done a lot of work thinking about this. So, I think this is good. And I've done a lot more in my teaching in recent years. And yeah, I find it beneficial for my own playing too. I I have
0: no doubt, but I'm wondering if we're almost becoming more like um, they're becoming uh, like essential oils or CBD or hemp oil, or it's like (laughs) it's it's everything. I broke my arm. Well, try this essential lavender. (laughs) I wonder if we're like giving it too much because tea tree oil. Let's give some. (laughs) I wanted to maybe start with some. Disclaimers first. There are amazing players out there, world-class, amazing players that don't really spend a lot of time or have never spent any time doing overtones. Check. So you can be an absolute world-class player never having done it. It's not this quintessential thing. Right. Number two, if you can't good... If you can't good, you know have good sound. If sound you have not, which is delightful to hear, overtones you shall not play within your ear.
1: That was pretty good. I'm
0: watching a lot of Puss in Boots. Did you just do that? Right? No.
1: I, said, I thought there was Yoda. so there's two people in the world that just laugh because they
0: know what I'm what I'm imitating on on the TV show Puss in Boots. <laughs>
1: I really if, thought it was if Yoda. You can't
0: good, <laughs> if you can't get a good tone or good response on the horn, in, in the most general sense, overtones aren't going to magically transform anything. They're okay. a tool to practice, but I don't think, and you don't have to do them. And don't right. get stressed about doing them. There comes some time in every young player's life. That's <laughs> the right time. You got to make sure it's the right time for you. I don't think it needs to be like year one. I know my G scale Let's do some overtones.
1: Right. <laughs> so I don't think it's this
0: panacea. I don't think it's this absolute necessity. And, and world-class players will prove that. Right. Uh, that being said, they can be helpful. And if someone is really wanting to get into it, I want to be helpful.
1: Yeah. Let's do it. So let's yeah, talk about... And I do think it's super helpful for... Teaching altissimo, I do. I do use them, especially for, for teaching like overblowing, right? For throat positions, because basically when we're playing altissimo, right, we're doing an overtone of some weird fingering, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Using, so yeah, false fingerings and that. then
0: accessing the overtone. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess starting at the beginning, back in 1983, John Overton's. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs>
1: 1983. I, I guess they were around <laughs> before then.
0: Yeah. So if you want to get that first over, so overtones obviously are the acoustic phenomenon that in any sound of tone, there are pitches that are less perceived above it, yada, yada, yada. But that first overtone of B flat is a good starting point. So if we think of the low B flat on the saxophone, that is B flat one, as we talk about the saxophone. So the one octave above that, that some people will call middle B flat is B flat two. And B flat two is the first overtone of that low B flat. And so getting that, there's a couple of ways, and number one is just being bad.
1: <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing or you
0: have bad equipment, you will get that over to an out Yeah, by... it's
1: kind of happening more often than the low ones. Right, sometimes. so <laughs> we should start to try to
0: get that intentionally. Yeah. The next thing is, and I know a lot of people can get that first one no problem, yeah. if nothing else, by biting and jaw pressure, and that's the problem. Yeah. And I will say there is a book out there, it's a great book called Voicing by Donald Sinton and Dabney. I don't know, I forgot...
1: Right, can't remember um, the last name now. first name. I think Dabby's uh, Yeah, Dabney. And it, it's called
0: Voicing. It's a great book. It's a little hard to find. It's a little bit expensive, and it's a little bit meandering in its approach. It's a great book, though, and I do like it. Uh, the first thing they have you to do uh, Access Overtones is to finger an F and then get the F above it without the octave key. I don't like that approach because the yeah. easiest way to get the F above is to simply bite or use right. too much pressure. Right. So I like going from that middle B flat and then trying to get the F. And then here's the trick. Um, to make sure you're getting B-flat the correctly, correct way, here's what I like to do. Play the middle B-flat or B-flat too. Play it normally. Finger it normally like a normal person or as normal as you can be. <laughs> For me, that's not so much. And then, while you're playing that B-flat, and I'll insert a sound clip here in a second, slur down to low B-flat, but hold the middle B-flat. So it's B-flat to low B-flat. All right but the overtone sounds when you get to the low B flat. So it's the same so note a, with a slightly yeah, different timbre. You
1: can do a different fingering, right. but keep the same and pitch And keep sounding. doing that. So yeah. go from
0: B flat to low B flat, but keep the same pitch. So you're getting that overtone on the low B flat. Yeah. And then try starting on the overtone with a relaxed jaw with your normal embouchure. Yeah. So finger the low B flat and play the, and then start. On the overtone, and so do you, you to it?
1: Do you feel that you're getting that overtone with the throat position or air direction, and uh, kind of like a voicing in the back of the sl- throat, kind of like that?
0: I don't mess with the back of the throat. Yeah, I'm trying um, to think of. Mm, I like to keep that relaxed, and I do yeah. all tongue position.
1: I think it's tongue position. Yeah, it, tongue position, tongue and so I've yeah. given this little, sort of way more thought
0: than any um, yeah. normal adult should be. I try to keep my throat completely relaxed and not try to move my throat because there has been some studies done with endoscopic cameras where they take a camera on a tube, uh, think colonoscopy, put the other end, and they <laughs> stick it up your nose, <laughs> down your throat. Nice. And some research that I read a million years ago basically found that when people thought they were opening their throat, it was actually closing and constricting. So what we think what we're we doing think to our throat we're doing may is, not be what we're is doing. counterintuitive. So
1: thinking vowel sounds with the tongue is really probably mm-hmm. more productive. And yes. sometimes I'll talk about air direction, but that's also the same thing. It's, it's like whistling. It's another way of saying it. I so
0: And if you... Uh, yeah. Exactly. So you can yeah. try blowing, and then, yeah. and you're just moving your tongue. Hopefully, yeah. oh, this doesn't sound over the weir in someone's car right now. <laughs> so it's <Someone's> right? getting <laughs> the willies, <laughs> Wally. Get out of my car, speaker. So it's it's with the tongue, and to get when you start on that first overtone or any higher overtone, there's a couple syllables that can help.
1: Ku, yeah, and
0: ka can yeah. help kind of pop it out with that, and that's a good starting place. So yeah. once you're able to start on that first overtone of B flat. Which is B flat 2, the sounded overtone, then try lifting your (laughs) left. I'm holding my hands out here like a a sex phone. Let's see. Yeah, hold (laughs) then lift your left pinky off the B flat and see if you can slur to the overtone of C. Uh, I'll demonstrate.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Then you want to slowly then start on C. see if you can start C in the overtone, experiment with that tongue position, and air velocity. Is so key.
1: you're working the first overtone on different notes. Mm-hmm. And I and because I'm it's working cool. it yeah. as
0: part of Wally's bridges to success bridges method bridges to success Yeah, yeah. So I then I try to it. do the same do thing on C <laughs> until I can get to D and then E flat, same thing. we're overblowing on that. And then here's the trigger. So then we want to get to F. We're basically playing a diatonic B-flat scale. Right. So a major scale for the nerds out there. (laughs) So then we want to get to F. And F is the second overtone of B-flat. And this is F2. F with octave key sounding. But we're going to play it as an overtone of B-flat. So then the next thing that's interesting to try is to slur from that E-flat overtone
1: Mm. to
0: F. And I'll demonstrate. Mm. then we can see if we can play the first five notes of the overtone scale starting on b flat right two. and so we slur up to that second overtone to B flat and i find that is beneficial for a couple reasons it's l- you can kind of gradually feel the necessity of increasing airflow you can get that tongue position locked in and the other thing is we quit doing these glottal punches like bugle calls. Because the more <laughs> common way to practice overtones is where you do bugle calls in your sacrum. Yeah. You know, all on one note. All in on one yeah. note, or you finger one little note, and then you play
1: the I like this, <laughs> yeah, so you're doing first five notes. So, yeah. And duh, we duh. don't play,
0: in the, and you can pop out the overtones not slurred that way, just popping the different notes yeah. with, with little glottal punches, uh, doing that Yeah. But it doesn't train us to play musically. Right. So I don't like that approach. So I'm going to recommend learning to slowly but surely slur up the scale instead of changing the overtones drastically and initially, change your fingering and feeling the way each new overtone feels when you slur up to it yeah. until you get to the overtone number two when slurring for the E-flat to F. And I've had a lot of success with my students getting that F out that way, slurring to it. Nice. And if you're curious as to the fingerings, you can go to um, GatesCitySax.com or TheSaxophoneAcademy.com, and I have in the resource section, Overtone Scales yeah. And just look at that first one. Don't worry about the other 11. Just look at that very first scale yeah, and, right. and it's the B flat overtone scale. And just practice getting that first note out, then the first two, then the first three and see if you can slur up to F.
1: So Wally, yes. What's the benefit of doing this?
0: Well, riches. Um Oh,
1: that's good. You, you uh, got more me,
0: dates if you're single. You got me at riches. Um <laughs> a lot of wealth. <laughs> so once you start getting your overtones out, <laughs> you'll start getting what we call residual checks. No, I'm <laughs> So here's, and I think I'm, we have somewhat similar classical sound aesthetics. We are not off the deep end in either the way we approach classical sound. No, saxophone. we hope not. I adore your tone. <laughs> we don't think so. Likewise. Absolutely. Yeah. And so um, I like a somewhat centered sound. We can use the word dark, and you may completely disagree, yeah. you know, focused or you know, whatever. Focused or, or whatever. Yeah, right. And so I find when you're playing a note, the, for me, the ideal classical tone is where it's mostly uh, the fundamental. Yeah. which is the the lowest pitch possible and kind of not dampening, but not accentuating the overtones. Uh-huh. Which is funny because the AP3 mouthpiece, I felt like there was a lot of overtones in the sound or that quite yeah. brighter sound. Yeah. And I found if, for instance, let's take that F, that second overtone of B flat, which is F2 on the saxophone or F with the octave key. If you want to get a beautiful note, or beautiful sound on that note, if you shape your voice in the way you get that overtone, it's going to accentuate the fundamental and almost make it like a sine tone where right. it reduces the overtones. I mean, not so much I don't think of it as dampening the high partials, so much is just really in accentuating the fundamental. And it gets a really yeah. focused and a lot of people would consider it a darker, more focused sound on yeah. that note.
1: Well, I think part part of what makes a brighter sound sound bright is more more high partials, Absolutely. right? It's gotta be yeah. you think about um, there is this thing that happens though, you think about like singers, opera singers, you know, part of the the way that they can project over a a you know a big orchestra and and uh, throughout a huge concert hall is that they have this thing called the the singers' formant, I think it's called we studied this in acoustics wow. when I was in at Northwestern as a grad student and somehow they are producing some not all of the partials but certain partials and some of the higher ones are kind of activated right and you can find I'm I'm betting when you have to play with a high school band, for example, and you have to blow over that big band that you're just sort of instinctively producing some of these some, higher yeah. partials to really cut and project. Yeah, And it's kind of interesting. You You just, I don't know, you just do these things with your body because you're trying to get a right. certain sound and it's hard to even describe what you're doing. It yeah. comes with just years of experience and exactly. just being able to do something that you desire to do or make a sound exactly. that you want to happen. And I think
0: that's it's weird. One, of, and Getting back to the, like how overtones are not absolutely necessary to be even a world-class player what I like about it most is not so much that you're playing the overtones, because playing overtones well in buck B50 gets you a cup of coffee, <laughs> well, 20 years ago. <laughs> but by learning to do it, you're kind of becoming very in touch with that part of your tongue
1: and yeah. very in touch
0: with the air velocity. So that way, say you just go back to normal finger notes, and then you just are holding, um, for instance, A with octave key, which can be kind of an airy... Because it's in between the two Mm -hmm. uh, venting mechanisms. And if you're aware of that portion of your tongue that lets you get overtones and you start to make micro adjustments with that part of your tongue, you can improve the tone or intonation on any note.
1: You can, and you can have a lot wider palette of colors. Oh, yes. So that's kind of part of what you're building up when you're doing overtones is this flexibility. It's not the only way to get that, right. which is what you're saying. That's that's the disclaimer. But it, it is a way to get some yes. flexibility in your, your tone color and... Tuning, which is essential. You yes. have to play in tune. Just don't play out of tune.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Information incomplete, please clarify.
1: Yeah. One, one should make an effort to play in tune. <laughs> well, yeah. And and it's that and it's learning that. Yeah. how to
0: voice or how to change your oral cavity. And overtones yeah. are an amazing way to train that and kind of gets you in the ballpark of a good position. Yeah. So instead of saying, change your tongue, well, what do I do? Do I make the yeah. syllable? Or, and so I think it's a good starting place for getting you in the ballpark.
1: Well, and as a teacher, you also, if you've got your student doing some of these these overtones, then if you need them to do a certain quote-unquote voicing, we don't like to use that word in, in uh, the French school of playing, but come on, we're doing some of that in there. You can right. describe... Uh, to the student, well, let's see, it's like when you're trying to get this partial of this note, it sort of feels like that to me when I'm doing it. Right, gives you another another way to communicate what the heck you're doing oh, that's with a great the, way to put it. the back of the tongue. And I, I, you know what, it occurred to me, so that way you're describing of doing the overtones, could be really useful in combination with a, the bugle call kind because yes. maybe you could learn to do that a little less. Ha, 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 ha. You could right. try to do that smoother too. So maybe both ways and then have And once some you learn a slur
0: to it, then you yeah. don't have to give so much of a forceful punch. And yeah. so then I actually do, and I, I've been talking about this for six months now, releasing a book. So I actually <laughs> then play folk tunes using overtones. Great. But so for instance, you use a murder ballad called uh, Down in the Willow Garden. Okay. Beautiful. It's, it's featured in the uh, movie Raising Arizona. Oh. But it's... Da, da, dee, da, 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 da. But I tried to play it as beautifully soon. So there are leaps yeah. in there where you have to yeah. jump up a partial. But I try not to play... <laughs> who,
1: who, 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 who. Yeah, where you have but, to reset then, every single right, note. <laughs> but then you try to play
0: it as slurred as possible. Yeah, and which then, is great for slurred. altissimo, right? And it's great for altissimo. There you go. And it's great for just bringing the tone into focus. But he, All right. would you agree that... There are, we're not insulting anyone.
1: No. We are. There are
0: players that overvoice, where it becomes an affected sound. Well, we sound. think so,
1: yeah. And then it distorts the, the line because the timbre is shifting from note to note. Yeah. You know, imagine a singer changing their color on every note. And or I just, I just feel
0: this voicing kind of punch to the beginning of the note.
1: Ah, right.
0: And I feel like where they want to make it sound like an overtone, so they kind of give it a when they start to play, and it feels overly affected.
1: Yeah. Well, and um, I may be completely wrong, but I feel like the best players from any school of saxophone playing are are less different than we think. Yes, and absolutely. How, and what they're doing, and they're maybe teaching it a different way or maybe even thinking about it a different way and possibly even doing stuff a different way, but... They're getting to a gorgeous line perfectly in tune a lovely sound great right. vibrato and you know super perfect I technique agree. and everything.
0: Back in the day when you and I were coming up there was more of a distinction between the schools of playing. There was yeah. the Rasher School, the German. You, you know, could hear what
1: school everybody and, was from. And they yeah. kind of
0: picked up some idiosyncrasies, as almost like a, a calling card or a badge of honor. Yeah, they would kind of over voice and pop out the notes and say, "Yes, I'm voicing." Yeah, and it didn't make any musical sense. Some of these players, right? But it was just like, "Yes, I'm voicing the note, and I'm gi- I'm playing in like an overtone." Like we This get is it. how
1: we do it. It's yeah. how we do
0: it, and it didn't make any musical sense. But I will say, as you say, the crossover. Now I know players that that have studied that's. St- that style very significantly. Oh. But they've also blended with other styles and they're just magnificent players now. Yeah. I find less of that, like, calling card of the school you're from and just this beautiful Indeed. amalgamation of great musicianship.
1: I think so, what yeah. A magical,
0: what a magical time to be a saxophonist. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like you could put together a quartet with people from all the different schools and you could, after, might take a little bit of time, mm-hmm. but you could come to a way of playing that makes really beautiful sense together. I mean, I really uh have to share this about being in the Vienna Saxophone Quartet that Mark and I were both students of Lone and got together with these two uh, Viennese, basically trained Viennese clarinetists who were then saxophonists. Oh, wow and they were coming out of that that uh you know German clarinet kind of playing right. and at first we sat down together we thought oh my goodness how is this gonna work? The sounds were so different mm-hmm. and and, you know, after a few months of playing together, it was phenomenal. That's I mean, it was phenomenal to play together. There was something really special about the sound of that quartet because everybody met in the middle is probably not the right thing to say, but we all kind of came to some way of playing that that really worked well together.
0: That sounds... And probably made all of you grow as musicians. Totally. I love oh, that. my
1: gosh. And our tuning, you know, really the thing we focused the most on was tuning. And it turns out that if you play really well in tune, like all the inner voices, and you stop and break everything apart in a quartet, it doesn't matter as much as you'd think what the actual individual tones were. If, that makes if, sense. Yeah, like timbres. If right. you're really in tune and those, those parcels are lining up and ringing together, right. it just, I think the group sounded fantastic. You know, I'll go have to go back to listen to some CDs. Speaking of but- <laughs> yeah, the similarity of
0: tones, in, um, have, you, have you seen that experiment where like, a lot of what we perceive tone quality is the attack?
1: Yes. Where oh, if, absolutely. If you, if
0: you go into uh, editing software and you cut off the attack and release of a note.
1: You can't tell what instrument it is. You can't
0: it even is. tell. What, so that's just bizarre. So if you take yeah. a saxophone and a bassoon, oh, I feel dirty for saying this, dude, <laughs> And take the uh, the pappy bedpost. Or, <laughs> Exactly what I'm assuming. And you cut off the attack. You go to the yeah. editing software and you just cut off the attack. It's almost hard to tell them if they're playing the same pitch. Yeah. So it's that per- perception so, of the attack.
1: So one of the things, one of the classes I took when I was a, a math major way back in the day was a course in Fourier series. And the the professor of the class, um, Bob Welland, made he made Irish harps for a hobby. He like handmade harps. And his daughter was a cellist. He was way into music. He would host these shape note singing parties at his old, beautiful Victorian home and uh, near Northwestern. And anyway, he told us in the class that if you chop, if you don't have the attack and the release, um, you can't tell the difference between the instruments. And there's a mathematical reason for that. And I just couldn't believe it. I went and talked to him. No, now wait a minute. Wait a minute, you know, this can't be true. How can that be that like a French horn and a a saxophone or a clarinet or a violin don't sound differently? And it's like, well, they they don't if you chop those off. Of course, then you think about things like vibrato, which makes the instrument... You know, you can tell because of vibrato and the kind right. of vibrato. And, of course, bowing, if you if you change bowing on a string instrument. But, right. of course, that's an attack, right? It is. So things like that make make it so you could tell the instrument. But if you take off the attack and the release you and just have a blah tone, you yeah. actually can't tell the difference I know. So mathematically. In the, in the early days of the internet, crazy. someone
0: did that, the test, take the test, and I failed miserably. I was like, yeah. well, that's a saxophone, that's a trombone.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just embarrassing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so anyway, it's fascinating. So it work fascinating. on your attacks, people. Yeah. We'll talk about that another time again. Yes, we should. (laughs) Okay.
0: Speaking of good time. Yeah. You know who's got good time? Who's got good time? The Wally's Jazz Pick of the Week. Now we're going way back in time. But if I were in the long car trip, say, I don't know, I was taking my kids up to Dollywood for the summer.
1: Right. The weekend.
0: (laughs) And I had to have something that I would enjoy listening to. And I wouldn't get sick of, but also wouldn't make my family look at me like, oh God, during that
1: Do we walk. have to listen to Because you admit, it. there's
0: some saxophone CDs. And even some jazz saxophone yeah. CDs were like, I'll put it on, my wife will give me that look like, why?
1: Do I have to listen what to have this? I,
0: what have I done? You know what You're I mean? Right. I support your hobby. You know, I pay for your saxophones. I give you a roof over your head. I put up with all your horrible jokes. Why would you make me listen to this? But here's one that I think the entire family can enjoy. And yeah, it
1: is. I was thinking this on my drive up here it's today, so good. actually, when I was listening to it. Yeah. And great. this is
0: by Sims. Zoot Sims Is called that old feeling, and it's actually yeah. a collection of recording sessions from the best of my research, uh, which means a quick Google search.
1: Uh, <laughs> of course, I'm gonna be honest. It's 2019. Yeah, man. I, did,
0: I didn't go through the uh, the archives of the you know the Jazz Library at Lincoln Center if that's yeah. a thing. I don't know. Um, but recording sessions around 1956. Now that old feeling. It's kind of the name of the CD.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it's not actually the name of the. And for the best I can tell, I don't think there was like a single issue LP that had all these or even a double LP issue.
1: Not as far so, as I know. Yeah,
0: yep. so this is, but being that it is 2019, I think. Yes. I think it's
1: 2019. Still 2019. Yeah. This <laughs> is the
0: CD or the Spotify album.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Or the Apple <laughs> Music album or title, if you're into hi-fi, yeah. uh, that I recommend you check out. And there's a lot of great tunes. Some standards, some great um, tunes written by Zoot Sims. And one of my favorite all-time tunes, I can't tell you why this makes me so happy, but it's called blin Ah, and what this is is actually Zoot Sim's overdubbing. It's in the early days of cutting and splicing and overdubbing where you record over yourself.
1: Fancy. So it's actually Zoot
0: Sim's playing tenor and two altos, I believe, over himself. That and must have been so
1: fun oh, and understand. hard work back in that day.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, and then like time was money and tape was money. And it was tape. And it was tape. They're cutting and splicing <laughs> the tape, oh which is not cheap. But um, I, one of the reasons I just love this is it's it's amazing playing. It's not pretentious. It just swings so hard, so listenable. And I found, this is one of the things that no matter which track I play, and this is true of most of Zoot Sims, he was not one of the most famous saxophonists by today's standards.
1: By today's standards, but I think immensely popular, right?
0: Right. Um, And I just a player who I adore, and I highly recommend this, Blinuit uh, makes me unreasonably happy, which actually influenced a tune I wrote ah. uh, that will appear on the Sononauts album.
1: Nice. Uh, and I brought
0: in a very prominent tenor saxophonist uh, to play with me. You did? They reminded me of that, yeah.
1: Are you going to say the name or not? No,
0: it's going to be a big release. It's going to be a big release, And then, release. They're, okay. they're, and then I, will, I will put in their press photo oh, nice. for the, that I took for the album.
1: That'll be fancy.
0: The marketing for this is different. Uh, the album, but let's get back to Zoot. I'll talk about <laughs> my project later.
1: <laughs> but it's just gorgeous. You know, I was thinking if you are a tenor saxophonist... And you are looking for something to transcribe that doesn't require you to write down or learn by ear five thousand million gazillion notes. Yes,
0: to the that's perfect.
1: And it's melodic Mm -hmm. and tuneful. Is that redundant? Not at all. No, I don't (laughs) think so. Gorgeous, gorgeous sound too.
0: You know, and I think uh, the opening is uh, it's a tune called 920 Special. Yeah. Which I have to believe he wrote at 920, or ordered breakfast at 920. He was <laughs> my guest, if he was up that early. Um, yeah, and that'd be a great place to start transcription.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and, and just
1: again, just learn the head or something. Head. Just learn all the heads to this, they're this, so this cool. CD. They're so cool. And for an alto
0: player, um, there's a tune called uh, Bohemia After Dark that he plays on alto. Perfect. And is a mar- remarkable alto player, and there's a lot of really good like bop language that's not too hard to hear and listen to because he doesn't like over ghost or it's not it's fast but it's not gazillion notes fast right so there's just this just and even beyond learning this is an album that i put on and i see my wife kind of tapping her foot i see the kids kind of perk up i see the neighbors kind of like all right they put their pitchforks down (laughs) highly recommend zoot sims you
1: know dinner party you're having a dinner (gasps) party or or you're just hanging out at home and yeah
0: Yeah, I, i adore ornette coleman but when you have yeah. friends over for a dinner party, probably, unless they're hardcore jazz Well, nerds, yeah,
1: probably not so much. You
0: probably don't put on yeah. the, or- the Ornette Coleman. You um, know, and this um, is until funny. Until you want them to leave.
1: I don't know if you listen to music the way, way I do, but I might have a CD, you know, maybe I have Mahler in, and then I would have a jazz CD. This could go with that. And then the next CD might be, you know, Steve Reich or something like yeah. that. I mean, I listen to, like, I'll put... I have a... This is really old school. A five-CD disc changer, and I'll I just put it. five CDs in. You know, it's... Uh, you can make a playlist, of course, on Spotify too. That's it's so something like easy. that. With yeah. yeah, it's really easy to do it that way. But I'm still, you know, p- popping in CDs when I'm not listening well, to Spotify. Well, it's better quality than Spotify. Well, yeah. yeah. But you know that that thing's going to break one of these days. And I don't know what I'm going to do, Wally.
0: <laughs> Yo, we will progress. As a human species, we will adapt. That's our, we don't have the, 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 the sharpest teeth or the thickest skin. Right. Our adaptability. Yes. So when that five-disc changer goes down, Sue...
1: I'll finally have to make a playlist on Spotify.
0: Uh, yes. Or something. And then I'll show you the best way to get that through your hi-fi. Okay. Without losing uh, sound quality.
1: Good. Thank you. Good. So <laughs> check out the recording.
0: I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's on Spotify. Perfect. So, uh, Apple yeah. Music and all the streaming platforms. Great CD. Great CD. Take
1: it with you to that deserted island that you get stranded on.
0: And once you get back from the deserted island where you're listening, or that car trip to Dollywood... Um, Potty training is a nightmare, by the way, because the minute you <laughs> teach them to use the body, they will always want to use the body. Right. So being in the mountains of Woo. Tennessee and your daughter, I need to use the body. Like, no, yeah. not here. Right. Baby girl, I love you. We're not stepping in <laughs> this gas station. That's horrifying. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Side of the road is Cle- probably safer. <laughs> yeah, cleansing fire
0: will not make me let you sit on that, on that toilet.
1: Oh, jeez. But
0: back into getting into the world where, where we're working. Uh,
1: adulting. And this we're is gonna,
0: working. Well, this is going to go into our email question of the week because we have someone oh, interested yeah. in gigging this week. Uh, you want to talk about press photos.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that a while back, how important it is to have a good photo. And we yes. And we thought, well, let's share some tips.
0: Why is it so important to have a good press photo? I want your take on this.
1: It's really important to have a good press photo if if you're doing a concert and you want the poster to look good. Mm. Or you want the publicity for the concert to look good. Yes. Of course, so your website can look good. All kinds of reasons, you know, you really need a good photo of yourself.
0: Yes. Or if you were Jackson Smith, our email question, which we'll get I yeah. mean, our, our mailbag, our quill our written mailbag mail question. question. Uh now. when you go to book the gig. Having a good press photo is invaluable. Yeah, because well,
1: maybe, the, maybe the venue has a newsletter or, you know, maybe they do a poster for concerts you know. that are coming up this month. <laughs> if your picture looks good, people are more likely to get excited about exactly. it. Exactly. It. It's a little crazy, but that's the way it is. It's not that crazy. Yeah, you or think about like, the things you like to go to. Yeah,
0: or you think about Say you want to go play a gig at the local winery or the library. Not the library, but the local winery. And <laughs> and you think of the owner. They may not be, but they're probably not a musician. Right. They may love music. And what they're doing is trying to picture you in their establishment. Yeah. And they're picturing some, you know, grouchy, washed up, <laughs> middle-aged man. Oh, basically me. They're picturing Wally <laughs> declassing <laughs> their wine bar. They're not going to want it. But if they see a picture of you and your rhythm section or you and your group yeah. dressed nicely, looking professional, then they can be like, oh, that'll class up the joint. My customers are like, they can then envision you in their establishment. Right, and also when the publicity materials come along, which that poster of was it Chengdu, China?
1: Oh yeah, what was the name yeah, of the city that it horribly uh, butchered? Chengdu, yeah, Chengdu, Chengdu, um, the Sichuan. Yeah, Conservatory. someone had made
0: a poster with you.
1: It was and, a great poster, and your, right? Your
0: press photo, right? Yeah,
1: and it looked. Uh, it was fantastic. It's a stunning picture. It's a stunning yeah. picture,
0: and in in the it was your press photo with their graphic artist. It was a talented graphic artist. Yeah, and it was just an amazing publicity material yeah it looked fantastic
1: yeah it was a great poster yeah so and it was all over the place when i got there so it was kind of crazy so if you have a bad photo you have to see yourself in a bad photo all over the place right but maybe they don't maybe they don't do such a good poster if they've got a lousy photo to work with so have a good photo I agree because it helps
0: you get the gig yeah it helps you attract people to the gig yeah and also would you agree it's kind of helpful for marketing because in in um in the world of social media
1: we meet oh, new yeah. people all the
0: time. And it's helpful if they can remember your face.
1: Yes. So it's
0: nice. It's like it's, if you're trying to and like it or not, social media is a networking tool for musicians, for professionals. And this is it the is, working pro yeah. section.
1: That's the only reason I just don't ditch it. Yeah. Because it is kind of a well, bad kind of expression, but it's kind of a time sucker. Oh, un- I you know, it's a yeah. black hole for time and energy. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, 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 and it's most, very addictive, too. And most
0: therapists in the world would say, please it's throw away your It's depressing,
1: too, it because is. it looks like everybody else has a more interesting, more exciting life than you do. I,
0: I've gotten better, but it might be from um, several hours with a very gifted therapist when I was making my career change. But... Um, what I, find, I have the opposite of FOMO now. Yeah. Um, so if any of you out there that have that horrible feeling of, oh, everyone's working and gigging and yeah. I'm not, don't worry about it, man. Yeah, don't worry about it. Everybody feels the same. The fear <laughs> of missing out or FOMO, I have the opposite now. Now I look out, now I I look wondering out, wondering out and I'll book. see someone playing with the local symphony or I'll see someone playing uh, a gig that evening at a bar or I'll see someone giving a solo recital at some small college. And that's fine. And they're having the time of their that's lives. That's great. And I think like, I'm going to be reading, um, have you seen my giraffe to my daughter tonight at that time? Yeah. And I'm going to be snuggling, probably falling asleep as they put her to sleep. And then I'm <laughs> going to watch uh, Cobra Kai season two with my wife. <laughs> I wouldn't miss that for the world. Right. Now, I'm just going to still yeah. do my gigs and I'm going to still do that. But I think, like, you know, for tonight, this is what Wally needs to be doing.
1: Well, yeah. And if you can rejoice in the success and fun that other people are having. I don't know, and, no, no, no. Let's not get crazy, Sue. So
0: <laughs> I still begrudge
1: them. <laughs> but then also just, yeah, take a step back and be grateful for what you've exactly. got and what you're doing. And, and just, life has geez. seasons. Yeah. yeah. There's- and you know, honestly, I don't post very much on social media. The only time I post anything is when I'm doing something kind of cool. So it will be like, Oh, Sue's doing this cool thing. But you know, you don't remember that I haven't posted anything in like, Six months, <laughs> yeah, because you're living life. So, but yes. so you know, don't but, be jealous about that cool you do gig. I got get on social media, having a good press
0: photo yes, of your face, helps yeah. people remember. I yeah. there was a guy that uh, an entrepreneurship guru, someone I'm going to be very careful, someone who does a lot of work in the music entrepreneurship field. Yeah, that tells people how to have careers. Yeah. I'm one of those people as well. Sure, teaching that you stuff. teach a
1: course on that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I will say this person on their website, all their press photos were very artistic of them playing their instrument at a lake. And it was very oh, artistic and very yeah. neat, except they were facing the lake, not the camera. Oh, oops. Which means I didn't know what they looked like.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you can have some of these, you know, dreamy, you know, looking off to the side pictures, and that's okay. But pictures of the back of your head, not so much. And even profile, eh, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of those. social media, some I think people we need like a good those. press
0: photo where people can see what you...
1: Yeah, and if you can look straight into the camera, I think that's yeah. really engaging. Make it when, weird.
0: <laughs> stare it down
1: <laughs> you can do that too
0: you want to be a haunted you know. mansion where like when people move their phone you're still looking at
1: them I'm kidding. you know and unless you're super 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 famous or a singer yeah. usually you should have your instrument with you if you can i right. think that's a good press photo and one tip that some uh fellow colleague gave gave me one time was don't wear your glasses even if you wear glasses don't wear your glasses because you know they go out of style pretty fast
0: they do, which is why and I, I think that we should. was
1: kind of interesting because I wear glasses. I used to always wear contacts yeah. when I performed, but now I've gotten to the point where I can't comfortably, you know, function with, with my, it's a long story. You get past 40 people. I tell you the eyes go, but anyway, so I, <laughs> but I do take my glasses off for press photos, yeah. you know, don't trip in the studio and fall down. Right. <laughs> but that's, that's been really important. And I think, this might be I think for men and women but probably in particular for women have somebody unless you're really good at makeup have somebody do your makeup
0: I always have people do my makeup have
1: somebody do your hair or something so you look really good I mean my very you know best press photos in the past have been when I paid a little bit of money to have somebody come to the session and take care of that stuff you know in between it was a long photo session you know in be- that was like 15 years ago, a long session, I had somebody would like fix my hair or touch up my makeup in between, um, you know, shots or when I was changing clothes and I would take two or three outfits and get a whole photo session. My most recent session, I did my own hair. I did my own makeup. The shots are fine. So it's not a necessity, but you know, maybe I care about it less now. (laughs) I don't know. So, but you know, at some, you can consider it. Right. Consider having somebody professional do that stuff. It's probably worth the money, especially if you're young and starting out, and you know you're trying right. to go for a more glamorous look. I've given up
0: glamour. <laughs> you have not, but I will say, as for you the glasses, some of us who <laughs> wear <just> like <laughs> I wear glasses. Matter of yeah. fact, um, someone on. Um, on a saxophone group on the internet, razzed me a little when I was posting some content yeah. and said, quote, I didn't know Al Franken played the saxophone. I think he was making <laughs> a comment on my appearance.
1: That's so funny. Little to
0: him is, Al Franken is much more handsome than I am, so I took oh, it as a compliment. <laughs> but it's was because gla- I wear glasses. But yeah. because the lenses... So I always wear glasses in any photo that I take because I always wear glasses. So it's right. You wouldn't recognize me without it because it's
1: right. Well, that's the other side of that. If you right. feel like, no, I'm not going to look like me without my glasses.
0: Right. But here's a good trip because if you have like really thick lenses, like mine are basically uh, NASA Hubble telescope lenses <laughs> and frames and blind. We
1: used to say uh, Coke bottle yeah. Of bottoms. <laughs> yeah,
0: which kids don't know what that is anymore. But like, no, I, I actually, no joke, had to get a waiver through the Surgeon General's office to get into the Army as an assassin. Really? And I guess they're wow. like, well, he's not going. Gonna shoot anyone, so they let him in. I had to get a waiver for my vision; oh, it's wow. that bad. Yeah. So I have very thick lenses. But one of the tricks I have found is if you have paid a good photographer for that. Um, if you have a backup pair of glasses or even your primary, you can take the lenses take out. Take the
1: lenses out. Yeah. Uh, so you, uh, so don't like you, yeah, you don't have that
0: glare. So yeah. or that distortion where the light then refracts and makes right. it hole in your head. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, yeah. So and that's
1: that's the other side of that. If you really feel like uh, I'm not going to look like myself without glasses. Right. Yeah. So I did that yeah. when I worked with my professional. Yeah. Photographer friend, Great. And then, Great he, so I had the,
0: my glasses without my lenses, and he kept saying, Wally, I'm over here. Look at the lens, please. I'm like, what? <laughs> And fall downstairs. And, yeah. and it's total magoo with this. saxophone. What do you
1: think about the idea of having a couple of outfits, though? Like maybe concert black, but then maybe something I more so. colorful or yeah. something like that. There's a couple
0: of schools of thought. Have a couple different things to, for different kind of um, gigs or different kind of applications. Yeah. And so there are also different pages on your website. You don't have the same press photo on every page. Yeah. So you can use a different uh, picture of yourself. There's another school of thought that if you're into, oh, I'm going to barf as I say this, <laughs> personal branding. <laughs> but we all kind of are if you're interested well, in being a professional yeah, musician or a working yeah. musician we're branding ourselves having a consistent look where when anyone sees the picture they know it's you yeah so sure. and that does help if you're trying to sell stuff having a somewhat consistent branding across your materials
1: right maybe a level of dress if you're
0: i think so yeah or there are some people different... that said have that one headshot and use it for everything so people always recognize it oh, as yeah you right but
1: I like to have a couple of different ones. If I were going to be a motivational give, speaker,
0: I agree with that. Yeah. But for saxophonists, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that the the person publishing the poster or the the you know calendar right. for the season can choose what kind of works with the other pictures. Because right. if everybody's in Concert Black, that's kind of boring for them. Yeah. But if they've got a lot of colorful ones, they might like you in Concert Black. Right. And then you should have some that are up... Format. Yes, what do you call tall and some that are sideways? What do you call those things, Wally?
0: <laughs> you just made my brain stop.
1: <laughs> but everybody knows what I'm talking the about. Aspect so aspect ratio and yeah, yeah. So they're like the shape. Want some in tall. landscape. Some yes, they portrait. Yeah, there you portrait. go. There you and go. You want different you aspect ratios. Do, you can do square too. I yes. guess I don't know. And I have
0: another pro tip. Yes. Because in the modern day, you will need if you're promoting yourself as a uh, professional musician, you will need multiple pictures. Uh, you'll need a background for Facebook, for YouTube. Oh yeah. Uh, for uh, Twitter. The, the different headers and backgrounds and timelines and yada, yada. Oh, yeah. and a lot of different aspect ratios. So if you only have right. one picture, which is cropped very close to your head, uh, you can't stretch it to fit the different formats. So I would right. have a couple of pictures in, um, oh my gosh, what is the word? My brain has broken. Not portrait, but landscape. Yeah. With a lot of headroom and side room Meaning where you are kind of small in the picture.
1: So they can crop needed. So they as can needed. crop it ah, as needed. Because if it goes right idea.
0: to your head... They don't have any cropping. They, right. they can't make it all into the, all the millions of different aspect ratios and sizes right. you need for social media.
1: And you should talk about backgrounds a little bit too. So, you know, it's fine. I see a lot of these pictures that are out in the woods or in mm. front of a lake or in the wild. That's that's fun out in a field. Those are kind of fun. But make sure you have something that's got, you know, a background like a, a brick wall or some kind of an interesting wall it can be a really nice yeah. background. Or But not you too know, busy. Not too busy, exactly. And I will say, yeah.
0: So in my class, I spend about a week talking about press photos, press materials, and I bring in a regular photographer, and we talk about aspect ratios. That's great. And, I, and Canva, c a n v a dot com, is a free, though I do pay for the premium to have more bells and whistles yeah. feature where you type in Facebook cover, uh, YouTube thumbnail, yeah. uh, Twitter banner, or whatever it's mm. called, and it will automatically resize and let you shape and move that. So that's a great resource for that. But I have my students will always want to say I and I harp on and on and on and on hire a professional. And if you don't know what a professional photo looks like, look at Sue's.
1: Just hire a professional. It's yeah, worth, but so many people it, think Uncle it. Jerry
0: not, with a DSLR is no, a professional. No,
1: just but super. It's not super expensive, no. and if it costs you two hundred bucks, it's the best two hundred bucks you'll ever spend. And I know if you're young and starting out, two hundred bucks is like, why are you kidding? Well, nonsense. You, I always tell go, my, my yeah. students, will
0: do that, and then I'll, and then they'll be talking to their friends, Well, I'm going to get this sleeve. Sleeve is a, a tattoo that goes over your entire armor. Oh. And I'll overhear them in class. I'll be like, Oh, how much does that sleeve cost, Jenny? Right. And like, Well, it's going to be about 700 Like, Yeah, but you can't get good press photos. Right. You know, and then they kind of like, Well, it this, is this a is matter important. of priorities. Right. Yeah. But I will say, the title signs of bad photographers or amateur photographers or your, your friend that has a watermark and a DSLR, but it's not a professional, is yeah. the background is busy or intersects with the subject. Mm-hmm. I have uh, had a student that was like, "Well, I'm really proud of these, and this is a pro, and he showed me these pictures, and I was like, I'm sorry, man, they're not. You can see because you're standing next to a light post that intersects with your head. Yeah. The light post is a foot behind you, and it should not intersect with the subject. That's like photography 101 of choosing yeah, a Yeah, and the
1: photographer is going to help pose you, uh-huh. and they're going to have really good lighting, and it's going to be more, much more flattering. Yeah. And And
0: if there's trees or bushes yeah. behind you and you can see the leaves... That's bad. They're not no, a professional. It should, should be, be focused on you. It should be bokeh out. <laughs> yes. And if they don't know what the bokeh is or the correct focal length or positioning the subject to get the correct focal length, they're not a professional. Yeah. Which, so look
1: at somebody who's got good photos and see yeah. if you can hire their photographer.
0: Honestly, <laughs> well, if you have a question and finding one in your area, e- email us or email yeah, me and I will do a Google search somebody. in your area yeah. and then quickly get the telltale signs of what a pro looks in your area. Yeah. So many... And um, the School of Music where, where, I, where I teach... There's a million flyers for photographers yeah. on the um, like little bulletin board when you yeah. walk in. 90% of them are garbage. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. So
1: just be careful They're underexposed
0: and, and terrible.
1: Yeah. So. But it's worth it. And it's not like you have to do that every single year. I mean, right. I think, um, so my most recent ones were just last year. But before that, oh, it's almost embarrassing. But I think it was a good solid 10 years before I had updated my photo before then, and people started to be like, oh, it's been a while since you updated your photo, huh, Sue? I, yes. <laughs> but, you know, every five years would probably oh, be, a good, would yeah. be a good amount of time. Ten's probably a bit much, but meh. Well, I've <laughs>
0: known some people that are 20, and I yeah. uh, apologize if I, t- I know I've told this story to my students, but if I haven't told this story, if I've told this story in the podcast, I'm sorry, a foreign professor of mine uh, was a, uh, a short, stout um, bald man, um, but he used his press photo from grad school for a long oh. time where he was thin and full head of hair.
1: And you should look relatively like, you're, right. like your Right and that was picture.
0: the thing and So, but he would put this picture in the program and so he you would see people reading the program before the concert He would walk out on stage you see people look at him look at the program. Look you right at him, you see the look at the program like who is this and it's who because is this guy? it was just yeah. a really outdated. Yeah, that's you know. yeah. And here's the thing we as you get older you may gain weight, you may lose hair. You you may get um this thing in the middle my forehead. A little crease there. The a yeah. little crease there that my children have given me. <laughs> Right. And that's that's who we are.
1: That's who we are. There's, and that's okay. That's, and the
0: whole point of press photos is to show people who you are. Right. You're not keeping them with anyone. Uh, all our bodies are going to deteriorate. I view my body as a rental vehicle. <laughs> it's a way to see the wonders of this world. It's not the point.
1: Right. Don't become obsessed with your rental
0: car. See the vacation that is life.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: So don't get stressed about that and, and get modern ones.
1: Yeah. yeah and just, update, just update your photos yeah. every once in a while. Five, ten years at the most. You know, you probably... The older you get, you you maybe don't have to update them quite as often yeah. because you don't change that much. Or maybe you do start to change faster. I'm maybe getting there. I don't know. <laughs> but how about smiling or not smiling? I think that is a matter of personal preference. And, you and, and what you're trying to project. If you're trying to project that... Kind of tough, cool thing. Well, fine. I'm not good at that. Yeah. I've tried that. I just look really stupid. I agree. <laughs> so I always do the big smile. I like to smile and hold my
0: arms up like a
1: gymnast.
0: That's That's the me. Stuck
1: the landing.
0: Yeah. I, I have a hard time doing overly serious. Yeah. Which in a couple weeks when I release my current project, when the see the press photos for that, that will become very apparent. There you go. As I kill my career in one fell swoop. <laughs>
1: Stop it. Well, I hope that's helpful.
0: I Helpful. And it will help. Yeah. Um, Jackson
1: Smith. So Jackson let's read. Smith. Let me open,
0: open the mailbag. Open up. Open the bag. Pull up the parchment. Get the letters this out. This
1: is a very interesting question.
0: It is a good question. Yeah. So hey, Wally. My name is Jackson Smith, and I'm an upcoming junior in high school who plays alto, and I've wow. been thinking about trying to start gigging, possibly solo, but I'm not sure what I need, equipment or music-wise, before I start looking for gigs. If I decide to go solo, I'm not sure do we get backing tracks from them. Thanks, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and both of yours and Susan's work. Well, first of all, you're awesome. Yay, so we nice. love you. A yeah. uh, flattery will get you everywhere.
1: Everywhere. Awesome. So, rising junior in high school, and he did
0: follow up. Way to go. I wanted to make sure he was talking jazz. So he followed up. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I'm talking about jazz backing tracks. I'd be interested That's to hear. That's what I figured. Yeah. Any differences between how you guys prepare in jazz versus concert gigs? Uh, and Jackson is from Guntersville. Alabama.
1: All right. Howdy, Alabama. Yeah. We have, we have
0: many listeners in Alabama.
1: Well, Alabama is awesome then.
0: It is. Yeah, I, I was ambivalent <laughs> before.
1: Didn't... But now that we know they listen to us, we love Alabama. <laughs> I feel the same thing about Malaysia. Some of my best friends live in Alabama. Yeah. That's actually true. I hear the stars fell
0: over Alabama once.
1: Aw. It's
0: probably scary. So what do you think, Sue, for Jackson?
1: Wow. So the first thing you have to figure out is where do you think you're going to play? hmm So, you know, local coffee house was oh, a good place uh, local retirement communities great place those are the two things that come to mind immediately that would be good candidates for a solid high school I think student so. go talk to the people who book the gigs at those places yeah and find out maybe they even well the coffee house might have an open mic night right. And then the thing is, so solo, alto saxophone, jazz player. He needs backing tracks. He needs backing tracks or, I mean, okay, so ideally my two senses, you would find a pianist or a guitarist, drummer, bassist, whatever. You'd have a small group and play with live players. That would be plan A. That's the best, yeah. But if that doesn't work, so if you have a pianist, of course, the place might not have a piano. I might have to lug in a keyboard. Yeah. But you could do just an electronic keyboard and a small amp right mm-hmm. for that and then acoustic sax if it's a if it's a coffee yeah. house kind of thing. So it could be really a small setup if you've got a pianist. You have got a small
0: combo, that's certainly yeah. preferable. But um, then if you're interested in making money, then you're splitting
1: the check. It is true. So So, let's see. What do you need to say and and the same thing would be true at the at the at the retirement community. Yes. You could do if you had a pianist and sax, you could do a gig. But if you just want to do it by yourself, mm-hmm. okay, so let's take that scenario. What do you need?
0: Well, you, well, need, you need some tunes. You need tunes. And so yeah. for backing tracks, there's a couple options. Yeah. Abersold is obvious. Sure. Jamie Abersold. Now, Jackson, being young, you may not be that familiar. Back in the olden days, if you wanted to play long tracks, you had to go to your local music store, which was a brick and mortar store. Right. And buy these playlongs where they have the tune and the CD. Yeah. That's one way. And you can buy all these on Apple Music, and they float on and off of Google Play. Yeah. Uh, The streaming service. But you can buy these on Apple Music as well. Those are one option. Yeah. Uh, Second option is there's software called Band in a Box.
1: Right. Which
0: really does sound like a reasonably realistic rhythm section. Um, if you want to hear how it sounds, you can check out uh, LearnJazzStandards.com or their YouTube channel. They have play-alongs for free on their YouTube channel. And all those play-alongs are, are created with Band in a Box, I believe. And okay. they sound not bad. So those are my two best options. Band in yeah. a Box is software. It costs $129. Yeah. Aversouls are about 10 bucks for an album. Yeah. Or you can you know build a set of 20 tunes and you'll pay $20, 99 per download yeah, on Apple Music. Cheap. And those are good. You will have a little dorky count one, it. one two. two
1: a one, two, two three, three, four. four. Yeah, <laughs> I have a question. Yes. So, with band in a box, can you control how many choruses? I believe so. So that's an advantage tempo, over the Abersol and you can control because... the tempo,
0: and also you can control yeah, yeah. Because um, so Abrasol tracks Abrasol I mean, are a great. Tool they are for fantastic a lot of
1: things, for for learning, but to at improv. the same time,
0: they kind of corner you in a box. For instance, um, the the tune, certain tunes, like. Um, the play along, the rhythm section starts to kind of heat things up after a couple courses. Yeah. That's not my aesthetic. I don't want to cooking. I wanna I wanna be able to lay back and play cool in the coffee shop. I don't want right. the piano player going nuts and
1: right. So they've built in this they, kind d- of Yeah, arc, and yeah. it
0: that is what it is.
1: Which And it's it's often a lot of courses because they're meant for practicing. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. And it might be just a bit much.
0: So Band in the Box is good, 129 for the software. Abrusolds um, are great. Yeah, um, and
1: pick some tracks that really go in a direction that you think is yeah. good for what you want to do. Don't play the
0: uh, concert B flat tuning note.
1: No, <laughs> <God>.
0: <laughs> track one. <laughs> yeah. So the Abrusolds are great. Ben in a box is great. Do not use iRealBook Pro, please. Oh. That is a great software for um, looping chord changes. It's a little software. The play along sounds horrific. Yeah. it's a tool for practicing. I automatically turn the piano off if I do practice with that or I'm looping a bridge for one of my students. I automatically turn off the piano and just do the bass and the horrible drums. But even the drums and the bass sound terrible. So iReal oh. Pro is a good practice tool. It does not sound good enough, in my opinion, for live. Right. So then you need something to play it on. Right. So there are what people, are use? and yeah. we have a, a mutual friend um, that did this for years gigging where he'd bring his tenor saxophone, a PA system, and Abersold CDs. And he would go play in bars and clubs and restaurants. Right. And he would mix his saxophone into a PA, a mixer board, going through an amp into speakers. And then mix the abersold stereo recording. Right. That's a lot of gear, a lot of expense. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary. Here's I don't a,
1: think it's necessary. And it's too much for a small venue.
0: I agree. Here's what I recommend, Jackson. Bring your laptop or your smartphone and get a pair of powered computer monitor speakers. M-Audio for about 99 bucks would make a pair that is perfectly loud. I'll put a link yeah. in the show notes. Um, they're very just neutral sounding, which we call their studio monitors. They're not great studio monitors, but they're great for just pumping out sound, sounding clean. They don't yeah. color the sound in any way. You can plug those directly into your laptop, laptop that yep. you're good to go. Yep. Uh, and I think that should be plenty loud for a retirement community. Power Coffee cord house.
1: and extension cord. Exactly. You know? yeah. And
0: then you're, you'll need your, your 3.5 millimeter adapter. Yeah. Um, If you have an iPhone,
1: and you can be acoustic, you don't need to be amplified. I don't think so. I don't think so for venues like that and for yeah. starting out. And eventually, if you start, you know, really getting hired for some gigs, they're gonna have a sound system. A lot of them. Often. Yeah. So then you can count on that and yeah. use that instead of having your own gear. Although it's always great. nice to have your own gear because you know what it's gonna be. Right. <laughs> great question, though. Oh, that's fantastic. So, but if you can find, you know, if, if you start doing well, if you can find a pianist to play with, that would be great. Yeah. But go solo if you if you don't have somebody else to play with. That's yeah, why the I only thing I think is I don't know many
0: high school level pianists that are that. Well,
1: exactly. Yeah. Right.
0: But play alongs are a good option. Yeah. Hey. What uh, a great question. Jackson, fantastic question. If you have Hello. a question for the podcast, email us. Yeah. Uh, Wally at GateCitySax.com. Awesome. Uh, practice hard, and we'll see you soon. That's the timer. <laughs> Look at us. Look, holy cow, Woo! our timer just went off. <laughs> That's years of musicianship paying off. There right you there. go. <laughs>
1: Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Bye bye.